global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The selling continues with the S&P 500 index down four-tenths of one percent, down nine points now to 2172. That is the most in more than a week. Energy producers are tumbling along with the price of crude. Bank shares sinking on speculation interest rates won't rise this year. Right now, we've got the 10-year up 12, 30 seconds, the yield 1.50%. Crude oil, West Texas, intermediate down 2.9%, tumbling $1.25 a barrel, 41.52 on West Texas intermediate crude. Gold up 590 the ounce, gaining four-tenths of 1% to 1348. And the S&P down nine, drop of four-tenths of 1%. The Dow down 60, a drop of three-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Last November, Turkey shot down a Russian bomber on the Syrian border. And just this week, the leaders of Russia and Turkey are patching up their quarrel and pledging to restore close economic relations. Indeed, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, said that Russian trade sanctions on Turkey would be phased out step by step. Here to tell us more is Corey Sheikh, research fellow, Hoover Institution, Stanford University, and she is also a former White House director for defense strategy at the National Security Council, who served under President George W. Bush and was an advisor to the McCain-Palin campaign. Corey, thanks very much for being with us. You know, you've written a new book called Warriors and Citizens, uh, an analysis of public attitudes about defense issues. What is the public attitude now about Russia and Turkey, and why should we be paying attention? Attitudes are pretty negative in the United States, both about Russia and about the Erdogan government in Turkey, and they're negative for good reasons. What I think we should be concerned about in the Putin-Erdogan summit these last couple of days is the deal that they made for the South Stream pipeline. I think both of those two governments uh, see a strong interest in showing Europe and the United States that they can be trouble for us if we want to be judgmental about their bad behavior. When you say being judgmental, what do you mean? Any specifics? Well, for example, the Erdogan government has arrested 16,000 people in the aftermath of a coup attempt a couple of weeks ago. They fired thousands of teachers, thousands of judges, and the United States, uh, while we and the Europeans had supported democratic governance and opposed the coup, uh, the Turkish government believes that we have no business making judgments about their political crackdown in the aftermath of the coup. Now, taking a look at the economics of the issue, Turkey's exports to Russia in the first half of this year fell 60 percent compared to the same period last year. Do you believe that these talks will change that? No, not really. I think these are both govern these are both economies that are under strain. Uh, Russia, because it's basically a, a sole product economy with oil and gas, 
and Turkey because the political crackdown domestically in Turkey has had very bad economic effects. So whereas eight or nine years ago, the Turkish economy was the envy of the Middle East, and it looked like they were getting a lot of things right, the choices that the government has made economically and politically have really ground the economy down. Well, you've mentioned the uh, Turkstream gas pipeline across the Black Sea, but there's also the nuclear plant that's being built by Russia in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Russia is in the business of building uh, nuclear power plants, and in my judgment, the Turkish government is making such a big deal about this as a counterbalance to the Iranian nuclear agreement that the Turks want to show that they have the potential to be a nuclear weapon state as an excursion from nuclear energy if they don't like the way five or ten years from now the U.S.-Iranian nuclear deal plays out. That's a very significant statement, and that affects U.S. politics. I want to turn your attention now to the U.S. election, because you are one of many signatories uh, to a letter rejecting the Republican candidate Donald Trump. Tell us about that. I and the other 50 or so people who signed the letter are all people who've worked in senior national security jobs um, close to the president. And all of us feel very strongly that Donald Trump doesn't, by character, temperament, or policy position, have what is needed to be a commander-in-chief. We feel very strongly that he's an actual danger to the country. Have you received any reaction and criticism or response to your (laughs) signing? Tell us about any anecdote that you might have. Um, Well, uh, I think there are a lot of people who share our concerns. Those of us who signed the letter, some of us, myself included, are willing to go far enough to say that we would be willing to vote for Hillary Clinton. Most of the letter signers are not there, but they we felt like we really had a responsibility because of our experience to give our judgment publicly. That has created a pretty strong backlash from Trump supporters. Corey Lewandowski had a lot of nasty things to say about me on CNN the other day, and everybody else has received the same kind of feedback from Trump supporters, which leads us to believe that we were right to speak out because this is exactly the kind of intemperate um, personal attack that doesn't address the policy issues and that reinforces the concerns we have about his temperament. Now, in addition to your most recent book, Warriors and Citizens, uh, your publications include State of Disrepair, Fixing the Culture and Practices of the State Department, and previously you were the Director for Defense Strategy and Requirements on the National Security Council. So I would imagine that you have experience and information that would lead you to bolster these conclusions. Can you share some of them with us? Sure. I mean, you don't have to be a a superior economist to understand that Donald Trump's proposal to slap a 45% tariff on anything coming from China would be enormously disruptive and damaging to the supply chains of American companies and would constrict our own economy. The kinds of things he says about punishing America's allies and the coziness 
he has towards authoritarian governments, the number of people around him who are directly connected to Vladimir Putin, the way he suggested the Russians should be hacking Hillary Clinton and the DNC, these are all damaging statements, even if Donald Trump isn't elected. And if he were elected, we believe that it would, we the signers of the letter believe, that it would actually make it much harder for America's friends to help us in the world, much easier for America's adversaries to pick up ground against us, and virtually impossible for our economy to continue a, the, even the maudlin recovery it has had that is so important to America's well-being as a country and to our social cohesion. I want to bring NATO into the conversation, if you don't mind, because uh, in addition to holding the Distinguished Chair of International Security Studies at West Point and served on the faculties of uh, Johns Hopkins School of International Studies, you also worked on projects creating NATO's Allied Command Transformation. Turkey is a member of NATO. What do these comments mean to Turkey? And then maybe perhaps your thoughts on other NATO allies. Sure. The Turkish-American relationship is a difficult one because, you know, 10 years ago, it looked as though uh, then-Prime Minister Erdogan was going to be a successful model for an Islamist Democrat, somebody who whose faith was a prominent part both of their personal story but also of their political movement, who was nonetheless navigating that space in a way, fostering of prosperity and fostering of liberty in Turkey. And that is no longer the case, and it hasn't been the case for several years now. And so it's a tough relationship, but we and the Turks share a common interest in Turkey uh, being stable, being secure, and in Turkey continuing to be such a generous host to refugees from Syria and a stabilizing force in the Middle East. It's hard work with the Turks to work on those common, but it will be much harder and it will be much more dangerous for the United States if we let go of Turkey's hand and cut them loose, as I think they, that kind of dark hints about their nuclear proliferation suggest. We need to help the Turks get this right. Uh, and that's why it's an important relationship and why Donald Trump shouldn't be calling our NATO alliance guarantees into question. It's even scarier for NATO's members who are on Russia's borders, Estonia, the other Baltic states, Poland. These countries made an extraordinarily brave transition away from communism to free markets, to free societies, and our commitment to them helps stabilize them and help them make brave choices. Donald Trump just doesn't seem to recognize that. Thank you very much for joining us. Corey Shake is a research fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. You can follow her on Twitter at Corey with a K, Corey Shake, S-C-H-A-K-E. Thank you very much. Her new book, Warriors and Citizens. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.